everybody, and welcome to RV Miles, your home for RV and camping news, reviews, travel guides, and more. I'm Jason. And I'm Abby, and this is episode 79 of the RV Miles podcast. To get today's show notes, head over to rvmiles.com slash podcast. And of course, RV Miles is all across social media. Just search RV Miles. And if you want to keep up with Jason and I, Jack, Ethan, Henry, and Wanderbus, we are at ourwanderingfamily.com. And we are also all across social media, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Pinterest, and Facebook. Well, the government shutdown is over for now and for now. For now. <laughs> and a lot of people are asking what can they do to help? They want to get out there and volunteer, they want to give money to help fix problems the right way without just handing it over directly to the government. What can you do to help out? Well, we are talking today with Robert Mathias of the National Park Foundation, who's going to give us some info about their new fund that is to help with the recovery and just about the National Park Foundation in general and how they support the national parks. We're also going to talk a bit about our travels for 2019. We're really trying to figure out stuff a little bit more in advance than we normally do, and we've even already booked a campground three months out, believe it or not. No one believes it. I don't even believe it. <laughs> I think it's a joke. <laughs> that plus uh, I've got a good tip for you that I just used out in the driveway here. And we've got a new brain teaser and a whole lot more. But first, this episode is sponsored by L.L. Bean. This year, L.L. Bean is joining up with the National Park Foundation, the official nonprofit partner of the National Park Service, to help you find your happy place. In an amazing system of more than 400 national parks, including historic and cultural sites, monuments, preserves, lakeshores and seashores that dot the American landscape, many of which you'll find just a short trip from home. L.L. Bean is proud to be an official partner of the National Park Foundation. Discover your perfect day in a park at findyourpark.com. You know, I just really love the fact that all of these outdoor retailers are are really putting their money where their mouth is to help protect our public lands. L.L. Bean gave $4 million last year to public land trusts, including the National Park Foundation. And we were just reading about the outdoor industry convention that's happening in Denver right now, where a whole bunch of different outdoor uh, Patagonia, North Face, REI. They're, they're really working together to lobby more for protection for public lands. And I think that's just a fantastic thing. Well, not only are they lobbying more for the protection, they're giving their money. They're putting, like you said, they're putting their money where their mouth is, not only as individual corporations, but then they're also coming together as one group and working on a project together as well and problem solving. And it just makes so much sense to me because these are organizations and companies that their whole brand, their whole idea is that we should be spending more time outdoors, that we should be interacting with nature and yet leaving no trace. So why not put some of that money into the thing that they are most passionate about? It also makes it a little bit easier to pay the prices that some <laughs> some outdoor uh, gear companies Yeah, I'm looking charge. at you, Patagonia. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's move into the news. We want to catch you up on what's going on with the Erwinheimer Road Trek situation up in Kitchener, Ontario. 
as you know from the last few episodes that plant has been involved in a little bit of controversy maybe where, a, maybe not quite a little bit maybe a lot maybe like a lot of a lot of it a lot of it is that a, is that a thing <laughs> where it it seems as there may have been some uh, malfeasance through accounting Ooh, what a and, word. Uh, <laughs> and, and maybe some embezzlement going on so some managers have been suspended and there's an external auditor figuring everything out the the new news this week is that the thor purchase of the Irwinheimer group the global company has completed as of today that we're recording this on friday and uh without the without the uh, addition of the north america group that has been excluded and uh that plant has shut down the it's, north american group. shut down i don't want to say shut down the Irwinheimer north america group the, the the Kitchener, Ontario plant has stopped operating. Now, the employees are still there. They're, nobody's been laid off yet. They've been just told to stop working, that they cannot touch the vans, that they've already been sold to somebody, is what they've told Canadian television. So we don't know who or if that's true, but we do know that they have stopped operation. And we also know we've been getting reports from some people that are road truck owners that they've been trying to get warranty service done and they've been turned away by shops who are saying uh, road track is not paying us right now. We can't, we can't service your warranty. And of course a lot of people buy road tracks because they have such a great warranty. I think it's a six year warranty. So that's putting a lot of road track owners in a real sticky situation. Yeah. I think everyone just needs to sit tight for a while until we find out for certain whether or not they've actually been sold or if they're ceasing operations because they're, you know, you had talked a little bit about the possibility that they'll file for bankruptcy. You know, who knows what they're going to do. So I would, if you have a road truck and you know, you're, or you're trying to move forward with one, I, you know, just sit tight for a little bit until this works itself out. Because the last thing you want to do is get into a situation where you're trying to track down your money or the things you need through all of this mess. Next in the news, the Atlanta home of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and Coretta Scott King has been purchased by the National Park Foundation from the estate of King and transferred to the National Park Service as part of the Martin Luther King Jr. National Historical Park. This follows the foundation's purchase of, of uh, Dr. King's birth home in 2018. Both projects were supported by private philanthropy and at the behest of the King estate. And I think it's just a really great thing that, you know, the national park service is not just our wild and public lands. It's our important sites that really mean a lot to us as Americans. And of course there are few people more important than Martin Luther King. I think what's great about the national park service is that it makes up some of the best and the worst of us not only as Americans, but just in the history of our country and that you can go and you can have history come alive for you again in a very real way. Every time you visit a National Park Service, be that at a national historical site or a lakeshore or a monument or in a park itself. And this is just another example of the important and valuable work that the National Park Foundation does on behalf of the National Park Service through the funds that they raise from these private 
individuals and organizations and then how they take that money and how they use it. Also in National Park Service news, three men have been sentenced for conspiring to provide illegal big game hunts in Wrangell St. Elias National Park and Preserve. This is just that is the worst. The worst thing. I mean, they are. Yeah, we don't. It's just the worst. We don't need to say anything more. It's it's the worst. A multi-year interagency investigation has resulted in the conviction and sentencing of three men who violated the Lacey Act and other federal laws during a recent court hearing. Casey Richardson, Jeffrey Harris and Dale Lackner were each sentenced to serve five years of probation, pay restitution and perform community service for hunting related violations involving doll sheep and brown bears in Wrangell St. Elias National Park and Preserve. And the, that place is the doll sheep. It's it's a, one of the main reasons that area is set aside and the brown bear. Uh, I don't I don't understand why why you would do such a thing. Yeah. I, I mean, this has nothing to do with hunting. No, it's nothing against nothing hunters. against hunting. It You're that hunting is legally yes. and, and properly. But this is just to me on a whole other it's level. Poaching. Yeah. To make that decision. And then to go in there and act upon that decision and to have others who work with you and say, yeah, that's a really good idea. And I mean, this is years that they have been investigating this. So it wasn't just a one and done incident. They have been going in there and doing this for years. Yeah. And, you know, doll sheep, they're, they're doing it for the horns. They're doing it. They're not, it's not for meat. This is not anything like that. It's pure and simple yeah. poaching. Anyway. Bye. Bye. I'm I'm sorry to see that it was a probationary sentence. That's all. Uh, finally, in the news, we have our latest episode of the National Parks podcast out, and kind of a mind blower. Poof. This one, I um, maybe a lot of you knew about this. Abby and I did not. I mean, it certainly put a few like Christmas songs and some other things into a bit more context. I mean, I was just like chestnuts roasting on an open fire. What this like, episode is about the. The American chestnut tree, which apparently blanketed the East Coast up until uh, in, or the early 1900s, when over the course of 50 years, they all disappeared and they were massive and they were the most common tree. Their nuts were really important for the economy and for the animals. And, and it was a dietary yeah, people have been eating them for centuries. One of the things I like about this episode is it includes a recipe. <laughs> that was, it was really, because that's how my section of the podcast started. And I had to sit there for a second and kind of channel my inner food network. Like <laughs> if I was going to be on the food network and explain this to someone, how would I do it? Because I think that's the first time I've ever had to uh, record a recipe knowing that people are going to listen to We're it. We're going to have to try it. It's colonial peanut and chestnut soup from the historic Mount Vernon Inn, which is part of George and Martha Washington's estate. And uh, I, I think it sounds really good. Yeah, it was a really beautiful episode as it transitions into, and I won't give it away, but as it transitions into what they're doing now to restore the American chestnut tree and where they are restoring it, um, I had to take a little bit of time and even now I got overwhelmed by it. I had to take a little bit of time before I could actually continue with that section of yeah. the podcast it's, because it's very, it's very powerful. Yeah. 
It's very, and it, it really brings up a lot of very visceral feelings. Yeah. So we hope you'll check that out and all of our episodes of the America's National Parks podcast. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, we'll have the answer to last week's brain teaser. Plus, I have a cool tip for you for figuring out how to find an exhaust leak. Jason is so excited to talk about this. We'll be right back. We're back with the answer to last week's brain teaser, which went like this. If you throw me from the window, I will leave a grieving wife. Bring me back, but in the door, and you'll see someone giving life. What am I? And the answer is the letter N. If you throw me from the window, that means you remove the N from window and you get widow, which is a grieving wife. Bring me back, but in the door. And you'll see someone giving life in the door is in the word door would be donor. I thought that was pretty cute. That is pretty cute. Good one, babe. Our winner this week is Hannah Beaumont from Alabama, who will be receiving a Not All Who Wonder Are Lost t-shirt. You'll have a chance to win yours at the end of the show. All right. I have a, a little tip this week. <laughs> you should see the smile on his face going into this might be the I'm most so joy he's ever gotten out of a tip. So we had I, we had an exhaust leak in our bus. And the way our bus is laid out is the the engine. It's a, the engine is in the front, uh, but it's underneath the driver's area. So you open up the engine compartment from inside the bus. So, of course, an exhaust leak is really bad because it's right underneath us. And uh, nobody wants to be breathing exhaust fumes going down the road. No. It's pretty dangerous. No, it's not also really. loud and it smells and it gets all your stuff stinky. So, uh, and a, a lot of vehicles have exhaust problems from time to time. And it's it was really hard to figure out where the leak was coming from. You can see a little bit of smoke, but you can't tell exactly where it's coming out from. So I went on YouTube and I found a video. I didn't come up with it entirely on my own. I'm sorry oh. to say. You know, you left that little bit of information out because when I came back, because he's going to go and try to figure out this exhaust leak and he's kind of talking to me about it. And I just look at him and I say, I'm going to Target. (laughs) (laughs) I can't. I I can't. I'm going to go look for a microwave. This is just not in my wheelhouse. Have fun. So when I got back, he's all, guess what I did? Guess, guess how I figured it out. You just failed to mention that through YouTube, which you, is a fantastic YouTube resource. Has it does. That, you know, think of anything and there's a YouTube video for it, for sure. And I'm so glad that there was a YouTube video for this because I was not leaving Kansas City on Monday until this was fixed. So you want to be able to find an exhaust leak without the engine running because you don't want to be like sniffing around under there trying to figure out. So the way to do this is to put back pressure in through your exhaust system. So what you can do is take a leaf blower or a shop vac. And if you use a shop vac, you got to put the hose on the on the wrong side so it's blowing out and put it up in your exhaust, tape it on there nice and tight 
and turn it on. And then you can take a bottle of soapy water and spray around all over your exhaust system. You can spray it on the, on the manifolds. Uh, you can spray it all on the muffler, all the way down the system and try to find every single leak that you can, and then you can repair them. Now you could take it in to get it welded and all that sort of stuff, but there's all kinds of contraptions for fixing exhaust leaks on your own, including, uh, you know, little metal bands and, uh, and different versions of tape that hardens. Uh, there's also a putty that you can use. that's specifically meant for sealing up exhaust systems. And you can just put that on. And uh, once you've found where that air is blowing through, you just put it right on there and, and close it all up and, and you're good to go. And you save yourself a few hundred dollars of, of repair bills. So now our, our, what I found is I didn't need the soapy water at all because it was like a wind tunnel blowing out from under there. <laughs> it's really easy to find. There's a, a, a coupler that was almost completely disconnected. So I was trying to figure out why it smelled like dish soap when I went back into the bus <laughs> earlier. Now I understand why I thought, did Jason clean something? Well, that I figured while I was under there, I ought to spray that around and, and figure <laughs> out if there are any other leaks, which thankfully there are. Thankfully there are not. I cannot, first off, thank you for figuring that out. Your family thanks you. I cannot wait for this to be fixed so that we can get back on the road on Monday and start finally our 2019 travel season. So I will share a link in the show notes of, of the video that I used to figure this out. Really, a really good auto repair channel. The guy is really charismatic and really uh, knows his stuff. So uh, I think you'll like that. And you can use this trick on, on a motorhome, on a car, on a truck, anything. Is he like the leisure travel vans guy <laughs> of auto repair shops? He's a little bit like that. He's he? a little younger. He's a little I'm still like really that. digging yeah. that guy a lot, taking <laughs> notes from that guy. All right. We're going to talk a bit here about our travels this year. Uh, we're excited to share a little bit with you guys what we're what we're working on doing. But first, this segment is sponsored by the standby phone and beverage holder. You guys, this thing is so cool. <laughs> <laughs> I walk Either. around with this thing all day. Either this is long. a sign of just us really simplifying what's important in life or this is a sign that we need to get out more it's i don't so know but everybody <laughs> needs this thing they do we but nobody been, realizes it we've been really excited for the last week i'm gonna be quiet now though and let you do your thing <laughs> if you're like me keeping your phone safe yet convenient is a daily struggle especially when driving around the campsite but thanks to standby not only is my phone always readily available but so is my drink the standby takes cup holders to a whole new level this three-in-one product holds your drink and your phone at the same time and can accommodate numerous drink sizes making it perfect for slipping in your car motorhome golf cart boat stroller or camp chair no cup holder no problem attach the removable foot complete with condensation tray, and set it right on your table or desk. It even comes with a ground stake for putting into the ground when you're at a campsite or at the beach. The standby is durable, dishwasher safe, UV protected, and will always be made in the USA. Your cup holder needs an upgrade. Get the standby today by visiting stand-buy.com and save $3 with the promo code SAVE3. That's stand-bi.com. 
and use the promo code SAVE3THREE, not the number. We'll provide a link, of course, to the website and the promo code in the show notes. Guys, I I walk around with this thing all day. I it's I I have it on its little stand. I have my drink in it and I have my phone in it. And wherever I'm going to work with the computer, I set it down on the table. I have my water there. I have my phone. I even can put a pen in my little notepad in it with me. And if you're in the car, you just set it in the cup holder. You can leave them in the cup holder. They have a little foam ring so you can fit different cup holder sizes if yours doesn't quite fit, but it seems to fit most of them. I love this thing. And it's so simple and so brilliant. It's just a cup holder with a little area for your phone on it. But I've never seen anything like that before. <laughs> it's great. It's a really great he's, little product. He's so happy. I am. <laughs> I you rarely find a product that you actually use every day that you yeah. that you actually becomes a part of your daily routine. And this this really does for me. So I'm really glad to have the folks from standby on on the show as a sponsor also because they're great people and uh we love made in the usa products of course well, just small business too. And small it's great to be working yeah. with small business who's yeah. trying to improve like the outdoor lifestyle let's talk about our 2019 travels yeah let's talk about our 2019 travels but let's talk about the fact that we've been saying for a few weeks now post all that stuff we had happen with wanderbus that we were going to take it like real chill in 2019 yeah. And then uh, we knew we weren't. We knew. Come so, on. We know. I know. So I started putting this list together because we used roadtrippers.com and we put this big map together of how we were going to travel this year. And I'll, I will embed it in the show notes yeah. so you can see. I was like, what? What's wrong with us? <laughs> like we we're not doing anything that we said we were going to do. So 2019 why are you playing with the coins? I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm playing <laughs> okay. with the coins. You're getting but... all anxious that we're talking about our travels. <laughs> So 2019 has us in a couple of places at really specific times, and they're not close to one another at all. Um, So we're getting ready to leave here. And when we leave here, we're going to head down in Kansas City. We should. Yes, we should. Nobody knows where here is. So we're in Kansas City. We've you know been visiting family and whatnot for the season, bouncing around up into Chicago. So we are going to get out of here and go to Texas. We have been trying to get to Texas actually since this time last year. It was because of the government shutdown last year that we ended up putting our Texas trip on hold and spending all that amazing time in New Mexico instead. So we are going to go back to Texas. We are going to bounce around Texas for a few weeks, six weeks probably, I think. Then we are headed to Oklahoma. My baby brother is getting married. That's very, very strange to say. That's around the end of March. So yeah, between now, uh, now and, and, and the end of March, we're, we're going to be, I think we're going to be kind of doing a big circle tour of yeah, Texas. Really. We're, we're just checking out Texas. It's a big state. Hopefully we're getting down to Big Bend and hopefully seeing San Antonio yes. and Austin, which we've really wanted to do. Yes. I'm very excited. Uh, we've gotten some recommendations on food already that we need to try while we're in Texas. So I hear they have good food. I do. Texas. I hear. I mean, it's like people just know. It's just like they know what I want to do. And what I want to do is I want to eat. So so after we're done with the wedding of the year, we are heading to and I'm just going to start listing off states so you can understand why we laughed at ourselves when we looked at our 2019 itinerary. We are heading to Arkansas, Mississippi, 
We're going to cut down the coast, ending up in Pensacola, Fort Pickens. That's the campground we alluded to that we booked three months in advance on a whim. I just, we love it there. We've it's talked, one of our yeah, favorite places on earth. We love it. And I just on a whim went over to, I was on recreation.gov, went over to see if there was anything there. And I found an 11 day window at one camp spot. And I looked at him and I was like, I don't care what we were planning to do. We're now going here and we'll be spending Easter in Pensacola, which is very exciting. This is on the Gulf Islands National Seashore at the Fort Pickens campground, which is you're camping out on an island. It's wonderful. The blue angels fly over because they train right nearby. Maybe say it's like being on an episode of Lost. I do say that all the time. Yeah, Yeah. that's how you describe the environment. Because there are all these old gun batteries that are like (laughs) secretly scattered across the island. And when I say gun batteries, I mean like guns that are three times the size of our bus. They're huge. (laughs) They're huge. So we, we were very excited to find that. And because the last time we were there and it's been two years, we were there in um, early 2017. We site hopped, I think, four or five times. Yeah, we, two days, one site, one yeah. day at another, two Just, days. Another. We were in a site that was way too short for us one time. I think it was listed t- at like 24 feet long. <laughs> we told one of us to suck it in. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, it's mostly open field behind all the sites yeah. there. So. We made it work because we didn't want to leave. We loved it so much there. So we kept just trying to piece together a little bit. So we have 11 whole days where Wonder Bus doesn't have to suck it in. We're going to just be in one spot. I'm very excited from there. And that's going to be around late April. We are heading up the eastern coast. So we are going into the Carolinas. This will be the first time I have ever been in South Carolina or I've North never Carolina. Stepped foot in either one of them. Yeah. Well, we we have stepped foot in North Carolina because we have crossed the Smoky oh. Mountains to go to that side to that visitor center. And stuff. You're right. But we haven't really visited the state other than that. Yeah, we had that one day that we went to that side of the Great Smoky Mountains. So originally, when we were talking about our 2019 travels, we really wanted to go far up into the east that was really our plan yeah yeah. into the northeast we had actually um had a few business opportunities that were going to take us to new york uh through some theater stuff we had going on and we thought well while we're up there let's just make a big tour of it and that ended up not happening thankfully that would have been really stressful but it now kind of switched some things so what we had hoped to be a big Northeast tour is not happening in 2019. Yeah. We're going to have to postpone it one more year. Yeah. So we're going to do pretty much the Carolinas and yes. then go into the Great Smoky Mountains for a bit, I think. Depends on how long we take just getting to that particular area because our kids, and I feel the same way too, would really like us to slow it down. Yeah. A little bit and not because they don't like traveling, but because they really enjoy the places we go to and they would like to spend a little bit more. It's a time. double edged sword, though, it's, because yep, a I lot know. of the fast travel we do is just for them. I know. I know. So, I mean, there's several there's several reasons I mean, we are we're fast going traveling all this the year. way to Los Angeles again. 
<laughs> just so they can go trick-or-treating in Los Angeles. Okay, well, it's not just for them. I mean, it's very, you know, we've talked about this too in the I past. Know. It's very important to me to be able to see my brother, my sister-in-law, and my little nephews. And anyway, we're getting ahead of yeah, ourselves. Yeah, we, well, that. that's like way down the line. So we're doing the Carolinas. And then that's going to put us probably, we anticipate, um, early June, maybe late May. We don't really quite know yet. We do know from there we're going to make our way through Tennessee, Kentucky, Indiana, into Illinois. We're going to go home to Chicago for a while. Probably I want to Airbnb it if we can find somewhere for a wander bus. We're going to see some family that's there. We're going to see some friends in Wisconsin. Then we're going to go down to Jason's parents, which are at the Illinois-Iowa border. We're going to do our summer stay with them for a little bit. We're getting into the season now. June, we've talked about this too. You know, June, July, and August, we kind of take a break from RV, like heavy RV travel. Because we see family a lot. We see family. It's like at the holidays. We do two. It seems like it's falling into two patterns for us. The holidays are spent out of the bus traveling around in the car, staying with family, seeing everyone. And then we do that again in the summer. Except this time it won't be really out of the bus because we, we've we never been in this situation where we've taken the bus through my hometown before. We are always leaving yeah. it in Kansas City and driving up there. This time we'll have the bus. We'll have us. the bus because now we have Because we'll two, be coming from the other direction. Well, we can be from the other direction, but we also have two places now that we can keep the bus. Yeah. You know, here in Kansas City, uh, we always put the bus like in a storage unit not far or right now it's in mom and dad's driveway because we're loading up. But and of course, we could always go to a campground. We just our our family really are. The grandparents really like the kids to come stay with them. And we and, like to come stay with them, like too, to because well. it's more time spent with them. I am really missing my bed, though. I know you are. I know we've this was a little bit longer than we had planned on not being in Wanderbus after the holidays. But So by that time, I mean, is anyone else exhausted? (laughs) I'm already exhausted. So by that time, we're done with the in-laws. We're looking at June-ish. We need to be back here in Kansas City in time to take Mr. Ethan to see the national tour of cats. He's so excited. He's so, this Guys, if you don't know, our, 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 our middle child, Ethan, has a cat's wig. He does. From the musical. Uh, he has a makeup kit and uh, he can do he's dances quite, he, that he has made up to cats. Look, he's got some moves. That kid is, he's good. He's gotten a little shy about he it has. recently. Yes. But he still whips it out now. Yeah, then. he does every once in a while. He just, but he is he, really excited about yeah. seeing the show. You know, the feeling comes over him every once in a while. Yeah. He's just got to get it out. So he's like, he, Ethan is really my theater buddy. Uh, when we're up in Chicago or here in Kansas City and, we have shows to review. A lot of times Jason and I can't go to them together. So as long as it's something that uh, is age appropriate, Ethan is my theater buddy and his love for cats started because I took him to a production, a local production here from a professional theater company in Kansas City. I was reviewing it. He was my date that night and the child went down the rabbit hole so fast. He deep dived that cats so hard. It was, it was just like my dream. Yeah, it was like a it throwback my dream. to the nineties. Like uh, when oh. 
Oh my, be still my heart. I mean, not only was it cats, but it was Andrew Lloyd Webber. I mean, get out of here. I couldn't even stand it. It was so much fun. So we need to be back in Kansas City to give that to him because I'll be reviewing the show. He and I are going to go together. After we're done with our summer, which is going to be very short um, in regards to visiting family, because by mid-July-ish, we want to be back in the bus headed up for South Dakota on our way to North Dakota. We have a big sort of uh, plan to really spend some time in North Dakota in August. Yeah. But what we're doing this time with South Dakota, and I'm excited for this, is, you know, if you have listened to the podcast, you know that over the fall we were in Badlands and we were in the Black Hills in the Badlands area, Custer State Park, and we went to the Buffalo Roundup, Wind Cave National Park. That's all on the west side of South Dakota. This time we're going to explore a little bit of the east. So yeah. Sioux Falls area. We, we did area. a little bit of like the Yankton area. Mm-hmm. The Lewis and um, Clark Trail. We followed that for a little while. We're going to be more on the east side and heading up really the far east side of South Dakota than heading up to North Dakota. Yeah. And and then we're going to explore a whole bunch of North Dakota. I'm really excited for this part yeah, of and our then, trip. And and uh, the Roosevelt, uh, Roosevelt National Park, I'm really excited to see. Yeah. And the reason why we're doing this is because um, it's all ending with us landing in Minot. See, I almost said it wrong. I started to say Minot. And it's Minot, North Dakota. And we're going to be there for the FMCA's 100th International Rally, which is August 14th through the 17th. We're actually going to be doing a podcast episode from the rally, and I'm really excited to be working with them again. So, you know, we have built a lot of our travels around specific places we need to be. This is one of them. We knew that from August 13th to the 17th, we wanted to be in Why Not, Why Not? So... I love, I was talking to FMCA yesterday and we were having a discussion about whether or not it was Minot or Minot. And we actually had to YouTube it because again, you YouTube. can find everything on YouTube. Yes, because I thought it was Minot and I was like, let's go Minot. See, Abby's, Abby's one of the, one of these people that we have an, a good friend, Walter, who does the same thing. <laughs> they they add embellishment to words that need no embellishment. Okay, (laughs) here's what it is. If you are from the Midwest, I'm talking true Midwesterner, you know that we do not settle on just one way to say a word. That's true. Okay. Missouri. (laughs) Missouri. Missouri. I've never heard anybody say Missouri in my life. Uh, I have. I I mean, half of my family's from southeastern Missouri. Your family's from southwestern missouri or western missouri i've never heard anybody say missouri i have but we don't need to get into like regional issues here it's this thing that if you're a midwesterner is it a coupon or a coupon i mean clearly it's a coupon coupon but when, when i when i went off to college and i was taking a voice training for the actor class uh i said coupon and my teacher, Mr. Bradley Mott, was like, excuse me, didn't you just, you know, in his real, Jason knows who Bradley Mott is, his really deep, deep baritone voice. And he was like, what is, how is it spelled with a Q? <laughs> and I, was, I just remember being like, what do you mean? 
it's a coupon. <laughs> I, I, I mean, it was like, it was shocking to me. And he asked me, are you from the Midwest? I said, well, how did you know? I'm from Kansas City. Anyway. Well, we were in Chicago. Like, that's not, that's the Midwest, too. <laughs> it is the Midwest, too. But not everyone that lands at Columbia is from a 500-mile radius. Um, so, back on track. So, that's our, that's, that's our, pretty much our first seven our first months of the year. Eight, no, almost eight nine. Nine. Almost nine. Because we'll be in, why not, my not, uh, till the 17th of it's August. It's actually six months. Oh, right. <laughs> also, Midwesterners, we don't pay attention to time. Because um, <laughs> this is February now. It's February 1st. So when we finish there, this is where things get real up in the air for the Uppersons. We know that by Halloween, we want to be back in the L.A. area, back with my brother and his family. How we're going to get there, we have yet to really decide are we gonna are we gonna go back to zion again this year who knows well my I mean, my thinking is that we are gonna go down through utah again because mm-hmm. it just makes the most sense to go down through utah um and but this time that we'll spend some time at some of the other utah national parks i would love to go to bryce and we we will also be hitting the Grand Canyon area at a good time. Jason and we will is finally get to we. Listen, Jason is going to. We have driven will, within a hundred miles of the Grand Canyon <laughs> like four times now, and we have never gone to the Grand Canyon. Jason will have us drive out of our way this year. The man will get to the Grand Canyon this year. He will. He will. It's. I, it's. Some people say it's a pretty cool place yeah, to some visit. People, some people you say it's might grand. actually like it. <laughs> I have nothing against the Grand Canyon. I have just, by the time we're around it, we're usually pushing to get to it's a place. It's usually getting too cold. You think yeah. of the, you think it's Arizona. You think, oh, Not it's going to be warm. And no, it gets ice cold and snowy at the Grand yeah. Canyon. So. so we will probably use flattestroute.net to figure out how we want to go the flattest way out of North Dakota. Which I think is straight down through is probably yeah so same way we came this year yeah so we're gonna do a lot of what we've already done which is absolutely fine because it's such a spectacular area to drive through and visit anyway and then we'll go into the same areas but doing different things there yeah and i think we're gonna do a pretty extended uh time in california you know regroup a little bit hopefully not regrouping because Wanderbus. I wear maybe some wood. We'll actually, I need to knock on it. Maybe we'll actually get to visit Joshua Tree. <laughs> maybe we'll get to visit. I don't. Death you know Valley, what? Maybe Look, even Yosemite. I don't know if I can go back to Joshua Tree right now. It's just too yeah. much. It's just just too many Memories. triggers. Yeah, I don't know that I'm ready. No. We Look, cats called. They want their song back. Um. So. Barbara Streisand's going to pull up in here. Elaine Page and Betty Buckley are going to come find you and they're going to hit you over the head <laughs> after we are done visiting. And I think we might actually try to stay in the L.A. area through Thanksgiving. Uh, we are going to make the push back to where where it all started. The Ten months earlier. Slow push. Yeah, we're not doing sixteen hundred miles in four days like we did. Unless um, the bus breaks down. Again. Shh, Jason. Like, too soon too soon hashtag too soon um and that is going to really wrap it up for 2019 for us the total miles we are looking to cover this year is over 10,000 yep miles 
in 10 months. I mean, we're going from all the way over on the East Coast to mm-hmm. all the way over on the West Coast yep. to all the way up to the... I mean, Minot, if you look at a map, Minot is pretty close to the border. Yeah. So you're probably asking yourselves right now, what what's wrong with you two? Like, well, what is crazy. wrong? What's That's wrong, wrong with, with you? You said you were slow traveling 2019. Um, we just... There's just a lot of country that we want to see, you know? And... I just I, I <laughs> we were can't. looking at the map the other day and Abby's like, you know, it'd be really good for the kids if we only move like once a week and we only go about like <laughs> no, two I'm or pretty, three hours. And I'm like, uh, no, I'm pretty set on all this no. space we got to cover over this time. <laughs> this is all subject to change, but some things are anyway. Uh, but I really do want us to try and do a week and move a week or longer and move. I don't think that that's impossible. But I do think it will require us, and we're saying it here now, to be way more organized with our traveling this year. To commit to booking it. we're working on it. We're working really hard on it. So if you have listened to this and you have some suggestions of some of the places we said we were going to be, we would love to hear from you. You can share them over in the RV Mile Travel Forum Facebook group. You can email us at editor at rvmiles.com. You can, you know, I don't want to say slide into my DMs, but you can drop me a note in the DMs and let us know because, you know, you guys are out there and there's a big world out there to see and we want to try and do as much as we can. So let us know if you have some suggestions. I think at this point, we need to take a break. Yes, let's do. And when we come back, we'll have our interview with the National Park Foundation. Be right back. We're back and we're going to be talking here with Robert Mathias of the National Park Foundation. But first, this segment is sponsored by Thrive Market. On a mission to make healthy living easy and affordable for everyone, Thrive Market offers thousands of the best-selling organic foods and natural products at up to 30% below retail prices. Foods for specialty diets can be hard to find when traveling. So for your next camping trip, skip the store to get all your gluten-free, paleo, and non-GMO products delivered to your home just before you hitch up. And because Thrive Market wants to make healthy living a part of your outdoor lifestyle, RV Miles listeners can save 25% off the already marked down prices along with a free 30-day trial. To get started, head over to thrivemarket.com slash rvmiles or check out the link in our show notes. That's thrivemarket.com slash RV miles to get 25% off plus a free 30 day trial to start your journey towards a healthier life at home or on the road. The government shutdown is over at least temporarily. 35 days. The longest shutdown in American history. And of course, most of our national parks were open during that time. We all know we've heard about damage that's happened at, at several different parks. And luckily this time of year, a lot of the parks were under a snow blanket um, and weren't getting the heaviest amount of visitors, but some of them were. And a lot of people want to know what they can do, how they can help out. And not just about the shutdown, but helping out the national parks in general. It's a wonderful 
resource that we own together. But the the money that comes from the government is not enough. And Robert Mathias, the chief of external affairs at the National Park Foundation, is here to tell us why. So without further ado, here's my interview with Robert Mathias. Robert, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Well, it's great to be here. Thank you for having me. If we could start by getting an idea of of what the National Park Foundation is. You're not a government agency, uh, but it's a little bit different than most charities, right? Uh, it's a little bit different in that we were actually uh, chartered by uh, an act of Congress 50 years ago. So we are the official philanthropic partner of the National Park Service. But I think really importantly, uh, it's it's what that means. So we're the we're the the engine behind the philanthropic dollars uh, that are raised around our national parks. We leverage both private and corporate money to positively impact the health and well-being of our national parks from coast to coast, from territory to territory. Where there's a park, you can see our footprint. What what's the uh, what's the split? What's the the difference between public funding? that comes from the government and what needs to be made up? Well, I think, you know, that's a, that's a very fair question, but, uh, but it's also a little bit of a misleading question. I mean, the, the park service is, is, uh, is funded at a, above a three, a $3 billion level. Um, and, uh, you know, and there's always that congressional appropriation that, that happens on an annual basis. But I think when we look at what we do, we, we like to say that we really provide uh, that level of excellence, the difference uh, that that enables the Park Service to deliver uh, uh, that excellence to uh, their guests and the people that visit the parks. And so, um, whether it's trail uh, trail work, whether it's educating kids, whether it's land acquisitions, we're sort of that list of extras uh, that that gets added to the basic uh, running and maintenance of the parks. Recently, we've been under the longest government shutdown in history, and we all know that, and it's just ended, though we know it also might not be over. It's a it's a short little standoff here, and we may have a, a shutdown again, but we've all heard reports of, of damage coming out of the parks. What is the kind of stuff that, that you guys have been hearing about that needs to be addressed? Well, I think the I think what occurred uh, in the parks during the shutdown is such an example of uh, the relationship the American people have with their parks. You know, they're so highly personal, they're highly emotional, and um, and so as these images would emerge of of uh, damage in parks, you know, we just began to hear this outpouring of of uh, voices saying, "How can we help? What can we do?" And that's what really was the genesis for us setting up the restoration fund. Um, so that we could have a a pot of money available to assist the parks uh, when they when rangers and and national park service personnel return to work. Now that of course has happened. Uh, this is their first week back on the job, and what we're doing now is we're um, having a series of conversations with our partners and colleagues at the national park service to try to get an understanding of where the need is, of what's happened. Uh, uh, during their absence. And from there, we'll then be making decisions about how to, uh, how to distribute the funds we've raised. We've had an overwhelming response, again, uh, from both individuals and uh, the corporate sector, which, is, which in our business is just so 
rewarding to see, again, this outpouring of love and support. But now that government's back open, you know, we're in the business of, of, of moving those funds into the field where they can do the most for the most good. What we're hearing, what we're anticipating is that the funds will, the funds will go to things such as habitat restoration, uh, graffiti removal, um, uh, trail restoration, things like that, where the landscape has, has been in some way harmed or damaged as the result of the lack of uh, ongoing NPS supervision. I, I read a report that uh, $14 million in entrance fees were lost over the uh, period of the shutdown. And whether that's uh, the real figure or not, that not that money reserved for some of that special project uh, work and some of that restoration work anyway, that, that the parks have already sort of lost some of that money that they would have had? Um, well, I mean, I think that, you know, the, clearly they, the Park Service has lost entrance fees. Now, that's a question that's better directed uh, to the National Park Service about how entrance fees are actually used. My understanding is, yes, uh, the fees are used for uh, future projects, special projects and things like that. But again, uh, I am not an NPS budget expert. So that's a, that is a good question for our friends in the service. So we know uh, a lot of people, as you mentioned, are they love our parks to uh, uh, such an extent that there's a lot of discomfort over this shutdown period and the and the amount of people visiting and all the reports that they're hearing uh, about overflowing bathrooms and graffiti and cut down trees. So a lot of people want to go in and volunteer to help out. What can people do to to volunteer to help restore our parks? Well, and you're exactly right. And that was a that was a big part of the human cry we heard as those images began to emerge. People wanted to go in right away and uh, and help. And uh, and again, that is such a that is such a natural and such a such a rewarding reaction when something you love you see it in peril. But I think the most important thing, even now when the government is reopened and our friends at the Park Service are back on the job, I think the most important thing is to check ahead. And uh, you can either log on to our website, nationalparks.org backslash restoration, uh, and that will give uh, some guidance on how you can find local resources. Or if you're familiar with your local park, check with them directly or a local friends group to see what's happening in terms of the volunteer in terms of volunteer efforts. You know, I think that as this unfolds and as, as we learn what's needed, you know, I think we're going to see some areas that need a great deal of help. I think we're going to see others that probably uh, due to things such as accumulated snow and whatnot actually suffered uh, uh, very little damage. So again, the most important thing is check ahead and see where your help is most needed. And, uh, and a great place to do that is at nationalparks.org backslash restoration. And if they want to give to the restoration fund, that's the same place to go. Uh, that that is the same place to go. I think I think an important concept, though, that that uh, we'd love to communicate is, you know, now that the government's back at work and um, and uh, our our friends at the service are back uh, on the job, you know, we're sort of trying to now pick up what is our everyday job, which is normal fundraising. One of the most important things for us is that people understand is that. You know, even though the national parks have been sort of in the news recently because of the shutdown, uh, our parks need us 365 days a year. And that's why we exist, you know. And so uh, while we had this um, 
this increase of activity around the restoration fund, we encourage uh, your listeners, if if they believe in the mission of the National Park Service, if they believe in what the national parks mean to all of us, then go ahead and log on to our website at nationalparks.org and see uh, see the donating opportunities there. And there's a lot of different opportunities, right? You can give a one-time, you can give monthly, there's corporate partners, all sorts of different ways to give. Absolutely. And, uh, and we have... We have a size that will fit you. You can even just visit the gift shop if, you, if you're just looking for to buy a little item and help support your park. Uh, Robert, exactly right. thank you so much for joining us. And uh, this was really, really helpful. I think a lot of people are really looking right now to find ways to support our parks. And I think the National Park Foundation does such a great job in, in doing that. So thank you again for coming on the show. Thanks very much. And thanks for giving us this voice. We deeply appreciate it. We want to thank Robert once again for joining us. And of course, we'll provide links to the National Park Foundation in the show notes so you can find out where you can go to either send a bit of cash over or find ways to help volunteer. Okay, let's wrap this episode up with a new brain teaser. Follow these steps and see if you can figure this out. One, get a brown cardboard box. Two, get purple orange, and turquoise paints. Three, paint the box orange. Four, paint on purple spots. Five, paint on turquoise stripes. Please keep going. (laughs) I will share with you my thoughts when you are finished. (laughs) Okay. Seven, turn it upside down. Eight, lie on your side. What is missing from this sequence? (laughs) Okay. And there's a hint. The answer isn't like to get a paintbrush and wait for her to wait for it to dry or to paint the bottom, anything like that. All right. So <laughs> I'm laughing because when you started this and you said one, I was immediately transported to a certain holiday song that's very popular that was an SNL skit featuring Justin Timberlake uh-huh. and Andy Samberg. And that whole breakdown of how you gift that and uh so i wasn't really listening because (laughs) i was too busy laughing and remembering such a holiday classic Uh, that just comes around every year anyway anywho if you know the answer send us an email at editor at rvmiles.com or send us a message on any of our social media accounts and you can enter to win a not all who wonder our last t-shirt yeah and hey just a reminder sunday night we have rv chat over on the twitter if you enjoy chatting with other rvers you should come join us it starts at nine eastern eight central and we usually will throw out a tweet uh sunday morning with what the topic's going to be and we also put that in the rv miles facebook group and you just follow the hashtag rv chat and answer the questions along yeah it's a lot of fun it's really really easy and there's just been a real great group of people who've been showing up every week who really love the lifestyle and enjoy talking with one another so come join us if you haven't yet i pop in from week to week. I'm not always there, but Jason hosts it and he is always there. I say, don't join Twitter just to do this. Like, why? Well, That's a, I mean, it's a great reason. Of course, reason join to, Twitter okay. to do this. It's but fun. It is, it's a little difficult to figure out Twitter chats if you don't know 
Twitter yet. And Twitter is a little weird to figure out in the first place. Look, I have been on Twitter for a long time and I'm still trying to figure out Twitter. But right. I can do That's a Twitter chat. Saying. Okay, but I can do a Twitter chat. I, I just don't know the rest of Twitter. <laughs> I don't understand being added to groups. I That really very much confuses me still. Uh, <laughs> forums, yeah. So that's what's happening over there on Twitter. Of course, if you are enjoying the RV Miles podcast, you know how much we would appreciate a share across your social media channels. And if you have any suggestions for a, to- a future topic, find us over at editor at rvmiles.com. We always really appreciate your input and hearing from you guys. Until next week, though, Jason and I send our best. Have a great one and keep logging those RV miles. Bye.